Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks featured at Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I found this stick out in a cave, and when these rock people showed up to conquer the planet, I hit one of them with it, and I turned into um, Bacchus, the uh, Greek god of intoxication. Interesting. Uh, not all that good at fighting rock people from Saturn, as it turns out, uh, but getting them drunk. Yeah, so we're okay right now. They're sleeping it off. Um, hopefully, by the time they wake up, they'll be on their way back to Saturn. I hope they can fly their spaceship drunk. I don't know if that was a good move or not. <laughs> anyway, this has all been a riff on Marvel Comics' uh, journey into mystery, the yep. first appearance of Thor, and I'll be here for the rest of the hour. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're not going to be talking about Marvel or, uh, well, I mean, I guess part of it, the, what we're going to be talking about does involve hitting people with sticks, at least depending on what your build is. Um, if you want to, sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, on episode 301, we did a, a, a discussion about specifically Phantom Liberty uh, and how Phantom Liberty uh, played out as far as Cyberpunk 2077 goes. Uh, Matt, I know, has been spending more time in that game uh relatively recently probably more recently than i have uh we were talking about it and we discovered we, we go ahead i'm just saying considering yeah just before this podcast <laughs> so yeah I've, I've been in there a lot so we were to talk about more specifically how phantom liberty sort of shifts the ending and the perspective of the endings uh, at least that's what you know matt pitched to me and i thought it was a good idea so i figured hey you know what let's treat ourselves uh, so I'm going to kick it over to Matt and let him start things off since this is sort of his baby. Yeah, it was pretty much my idea. Um, so of course I'm blanking. Uh, no, basically what the thing first, the reason I started thinking about this was I was uh, watching people have been writing all these various posts and posting stuff to YouTube and so forth about like, you know, which is the really good ending, which is the right ending. And of course nobody agrees, which is, you know, common in these kind of things, but it got me thinking, what what is your definition of good or best? Because one of the things this thing does real well in terms of sticking the landing for a cyberpunk game, none of these endings is a feel good ending. Um, the closest I think to a feel good ending is probably the Nomad ending. In that you leave Night City, you've got some friends, you've got some ideas on how you might be able to to progress for, for the character of V that's the closest you're going to get to a happy ending in a cyberpunk story. And even then you've only gotten it by basically joining downtrodden people who are, are basically the, the outcasts and, and, you know, the, uh, oppressed of the cyberpunk world. They're the people who it's like always okay to kill them. Uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're considered like human vermin. Like when you when you as an Omed character go into Night City, you can hear on the radio uh, and on TV people saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have another Nomad purge soon." You know, people will just talk about killing Nomads like it's nothing. Uh, which I mean, also they will do that with the homeless and so forth too. So don't 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 get it twisted. There's plenty of other people getting getting hammered, but that's one of the things that really struck me was the only way to get an ending that I think would fly in any other kind of any other genre is to basically align yourself with the people who are on society's um, I don't want to use a word, but they're the society's list of people you can dump on. 
Uh, they're, they're basically the bottom rung of that list. And any other ending, um, especially now with the new ending, and if you haven't played Phantom Liberty and you don't know, there's going to be spoilers for Phantom Liberty in this discussion. It's just unavoidable. Um, I feel like we're probably going to have to add a spoiler and spoiler warning at the very beginning. But even the, the Phantom Liberty DLC endings contribute to the, the the way that the final ending that you get plays out um, in a variety of ways that I hadn't really considered. One of the, f- the simple facts is this. If you choose to, to take the, uh, the, the FIA's offer, if you act in a way that you can get help from the, uh, the federal investigative agency, they do cure you which no other ending does. Um, the Arasaka devil ending doesn't cure you. Um, certainly the, the various, the, the sun ending. And I don't remember what the nomad ending is called. I know that it's, it's, it's based on one of the tarot's, but it's like, yeah. So I think, uh, what are the ones they added? It was King of wands, swords, cups, and pentacles. These are the King endings that they added. But those are, yeah, those are all, uh, the DLC endings, although one of them feeds into uh, a new ending for the entire game, but the various other endings, none of them cure you. If you don't take the FIA's deal, there is no way to, to leave the game with, with V cured. Mm -hmm. That does not happen. However, the FIA ending where you get cured cures you at the cost of literally everything. And that's, I think it, very cyberpunk. Like if you've, if you've read um, Neuromancer and or Mona Lisa overdrive, you're familiar with this kind of ending. It, it feels like that kind of, of the, the trope is there. Let's put it that way. And I think that's a way that this game, it kind of honors its predecessor, the, the pen and paper game. Uh, Cause one of the things Mike Pondsmith loves is to give you endings that are not satisfying. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And I say not satisfying. I don't mean they're not well done and they don't have pack an emotional gut punch, but they're not, they're not the kind of like candy that some games will give you. Some games will, will let you have an ending that is basically just junk food that, that doesn't grapple with the tropes it's been raising. It just kind of lets you smash the bad guy and you're done. Cyberpunk 2077 has picked up from its predecessor from cyberpunk. What was then cyberpunk 2020 is now cyberpunk red. It has picked up from that game the, in its DNA the idea that not that most stories don't have happy endings. That you know your life isn't it isn't a narrative in the first place. You're not living a story. You're just living, and that doesn't you know sometimes things aren't even really an ending. Um, the nomad ending in particular isn't an ending. Like you you're not done. You're just leaving. Te- yeah, technically technically the air quote best ending isn't even really an ending. The the yeah. last heist. Yeah, if that if that depends to you, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. But the last heist, all right, I'm gonna the, I am bouncing all over the place because there's just so much. So I'm gonna just make I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in on the last heist because Joe just mentioned it. Yeah, let's go with that one. I think because I mean it's a good place to start. The last heist ending, you can get it in a variety of ways. Um, you can get it if you let Johnny go into Arasaka Tower in your body, running the body with Rogue and Waylon. Uh, you know, and, and you can do that. And if you do that, um, spoilers, but again, you know, I told you spoilers rogue dies, which is a pretty big gut punch to Johnny personally. 
Like it, it would be bothersome for for V as well, because by this point V and Rogue have a have a decent relationship. But it's it is something that you can feel wouldn't have bothered the old Johnny, but does bother the Johnny that he has become throughout your gameplay. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the fascinating things about Cyberpunk is that you are playing two characters. Uh, your choices for V affect V, but they also affect Johnny, and they they change who he is in a very interesting way. Uh, the person who goes on this mission, if you let Johnny drive the body, is not the person who woke up like in someone else's body and immediately tried to kill them. Uh, he has changed, so that's one way you can get to that ending. The other way you can get to that ending is to go in with the nomads. Uh, but then just, you know, no, no, actually, no, you can't. If you go in with the nomads, you don't get this ending. You are locked out of it. You can go in with Johnny driving the body, or you can go in with Johnny and you both just making peace and saying, you know, let's go have a suicide mission. Let's go in knowing we're, we're not going to make it. Let's just walk in the front door of Arasaka tower and start kicking butt. And if we don't get it there, at least they'll remember the day we showed up. And so those are the two ways you can get the, the specific ending, the sun ending. I don't think there's another one to, to get it. I'm pretty so. sure if you, yeah. if you go in with the nomads, you get the nomad ending. Um, and if you, and, and obviously the FIA ending and the Arasaka endings aren't going to get you this, but regardless, if you go in and you get the sun ending, however you do it, you, you have a meeting with Mr. Blue Eyes who is a character who has been popping up on the periphery of the game throughout. He is a mysterious person Dude. who looks like he's literally the elusive man from mass effect. If you remember that guy and, and uh, like, some context there real quick is that he is very omnipresent throughout the game. And it's one of those things where if you're playing through the game again, and you, even if you've already beaten it or you've, you've already played it and you're starting up a new playthrough, pay attention to a lot of the background characters because there are several points in the game where you can see a far off figure it with blue eyes watching you very, very closely. And um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the quest that you should absolutely be the paying the most attention on Jefferson paralysis quest line. He will, he will everything get to a about point, that. Yep. Yeah. When you get to a point at the near the end of it, where you can actually get the, the characters, you can look over in the distance and see him and he's within range of your Kuroshis. So you can get his, card from the end the N- ncpd which is a lot of nothing but you can actually scan him it's one of the few times you can mm-hmm. and he, that's where you get the name mr blue eyes from because it's the only time you, you ever see it um but w- one of the things about that is the entire sun ending is at his um instigation the the trip your character takes at the very end the the space journey up to uh, trying to perform a, a heist on the crystal palace that's set up and you never see what happens. You just see your character leaving the, the stolen spaceship um, to go board the, the Crystal Palace. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you 
know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. That whole thing is is instigated by him, by Mr. Blue Eyes. If you do the ending of Phantom Liberty where you take Songbird's side, Songbird is the character who instigates Phantom Liberty, the character who contacts V through the relic, the character who turns out to be far more involved in everything than you initially realize. If you help her with her goals and go to the spaceport, while everything is happening at the spaceport, and I'm trying really hard not to spoil it, although I'm sure spoilers will come. But if you go there, it turns out you're being watched very carefully by Mr. Blue Eyes. He is Mm -hmm. there in the terminal. He watches you. And he's responsible for Songbird's initial plunge into this madness. Because he's the one who contacted her. She even says, yeah, this guy, typical corpo suit, uh, had blue eyes. I don't really want to talk about it. And you're like, oh. And V doesn't get it the character of V does not say, Hey, wait a minute, but you do. And this is one of the things that I think cyberpunk 2077 does extremely well. Um, they present you with story stuff that the characters don't necessarily pick up on, but you playing the game, pick up on it. And you suddenly have information that they don't have. And really only reason you have it is because you can do things like look around the area because they can't do those things because they're busy being in the game and doing things. It's really interesting. But regardless, that contextualizes the sun ending completely differently because suddenly if you do all that and then you don't go with the FIA and you take the mission at the end and the sun ending, you're doing the bidding of the same thing that's probably like working for or even is an AI that pushed Somi slash Songbird to defect in the first place. Yeah, the interesting thing about that too is like there are if you start looking at some of the other quests that evolve like revolve around it in the context of those quests, and I think it's sort of important mm-hmm. maybe to to talk a little bit about that here is Go like there's like one of the one of the themes in Cyberpunk is that there is a and I'm gonna air quote secret society here, um, because they're really not so secret about what they're doing, uh, that is actually looking for immortality. There's this is a theme. So the game yep. starts, the game starts with uh, the relic being like becoming a thing with you getting it shoved into your head and you basically getting taken over by Johnny, which essentially is what they were trying to do. They were essentially trying to make immortality. And then as you progress through the game, you find out that uh, Norbunaga succeeded. I believe it was Norbunaga. Norbunaga is the name of the father, right? 
Oh, no, Saburo. Saburo. Uh, Sorry, Saburo. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but you find out Saburo succeeded in the fact that the relic technology that was experimented on with Johnny in the beginning had evolved. There was a essentially a cyber prison that Arasaka created. Yeah, Makoshi. Makoshi that held all of the consciousness of everybody, including uh, if you depending on which which storyline you take, Jackie Wells at one point. Yeah, who is your best friend? The person that you take when you go into Compeki Plaza for the heist at the start of the game that kicks everything off. Jackie is the guy with you. Jackie is the person who, depending on your life path, and depending on your choice at the funeral as well, where you send the body matters here. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you send him home, he's not there. But if you say, I don't care, get rid of the body, uh, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, take it to Vic's, or take, take it, it to Vic. Vic. Yeah. Um, which you're trying to be nice that the worst part about that one is you're trying to be nice. You don't want to send Jackie's bullet ridden dead body to his mom. You know, you want it like you take it to Vic, he'll take mm-hmm. care of it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that way. But they succeeded in essentially creating immortality because uh, at some point he essentially takes over his son's body. Uh, we're talking about Arasaka here and starts running the show from his son's body. Like that's one of the possible things that can happen in this game. Yeah. That's, that's if you take the devil ending. Yeah. Um, And it is, it is also recontextualized by stuff that happens in Phantom Liberty, but I'll wait for Joe because you, I think you were going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Mr. Blue eyes is potentially the first person before Arasaka to successfully become immortal in his essence. Whether because there's this is outside game knowledge, but if you've read the books and played the tabletop RPG, you know a little bit about who he is. Um, and that was always a character goal of his was to essentially become immortal, not live in the machine, not become an AI in the true sense. Um, when you see things like, um, alt, alt Cunningham and how alt sort of devolve or. She would say evolves, but I would say devolves and how alt loses uh, the essence of humanity. I will be coming back to this. We will be. Mr. Blue Eyes generally doesn't lose that sense of humanity. Yes, he's a he's a cold hearted bastard. But But don't be mistaken. He was a cold hearted bastard before you can be a cold hearted bastard human. And and Saburo is another example of this. But but to, 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 to really put a fine point on it, as you're doing the the prowess quest lines as as you're going through and doing the investigations and doing all their bidding you can see the rings on their fingers they're part of the secret society as you start moving through the game elsewhere and you start going into uh, a bunch of the other places you can find people wearing those rings when you're in Dogtown and you're in the casino you can find people wearing those rings they're everywhere and their entire goal is basically to become Methuselahs. They want to live forever. They want to do exactly as Mr. Blue Eyes has done. And he's sort of in the back pushing and pulling on all of the strings everywhere. We don't and know. One of the other clues to this, one of the other clues to this I want to mention now is that not only does all that stuff Joe said, but there's also the fact that the relic has information on it that Somi removes. Mm-hmm. in order to make it do other things. And when you go and get the project specifications from Anders Hellman for the relic, and you can look at them really fast, it flashes on the screen really quickly. One of those things is that Saburo is on 
the relic. Mm-hmm. The one in your head, Saburo was on it at some point. And also there's other things like there's, um, I forget, one is Michelangelo. Yep. They mentioned Michelangelo on it. Like maybe they, and that's their first clue that they're also trying to just make personality constructs that think they're people. And that's, there's a lot of stuff like that in this. All, but one of the things to point out is that if the relic is the secret Arasaka technology, how come Militech knows how to work on it so well? How come Somi, who's never worked for Arasaka a day in her life, knows how to purge it and, and turn on other features? The features she turns on are combat-motivated. Why does the relic have combat-motivated features if it's just this chip for planting engrams? But that's also another theme yeah. of, of the game world as well that you see carried yeah. through that, that this really contextualizes as well and sort of fills out a little bit about that, which is essentially the Militech side of things. Um, as you play through the game without the expansion, Militech is sort of it is a present force, but it's sort mm-hmm. of on the periphery. Yeah, when it's, you, it's there. It's part of the world, but it's you, not. You don't deal with it much. No, and then it, even when you do deal with it, you're dealing with like scrapped Militech stuff from like when you're doing the Nomad quest lines or things like that. That you're or trying, the opening, the opening, or the when opening you, yeah. when you're dealing with a, a specific Militech agent trying to do a specific Militech thing. It's not Militech. The corporation has not noticed you. Yeah, and and the idea is that here with with songbird's involvement with dealing with the uh the intelligence agencies and dealing with that entire storyline and dealing with dogtown in general it now really shows you how much militech is actually around and, and how much they've been doing yeah even without your direct involvement and it further further drives home the point of uh you are not the main character you are no, a character you are flotsam you are flotsam on the surface, the difference between you and other characters isn't that you're the main character, you're all important to the story. It's that you are the character by whom the story is shown. Yep. Like in, in you're a the way, lens. Yeah, you're the lens through which what we get to see about this world is through the character V. Um, and I think that's a good choice uh, for a lot of reasons. I think both of the actors do a very good job with, like, I've, and I've now played pretty much every ending. Um, I've only done the devil on male V. But I've every otherwise everything else on both of them, and there's a lot of nuance to how the characters are portrayed um, by the two actors. Um, they do an amazing job. But that also but, goes. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want you to talk here. I was gonna say that that loops back to the thing that we mentioned earlier, which is the ending in which you choose to accept the healing or accept the deal from like Reed and crew is the only one in which you are healed, and a lot of people felt really weird about that ending. And there was a lot of chatter about it. And for good reason, it, as Matt pointed out, it's not supposed to be a happy ending, but it also with everything else. And you look at it in a whole, not as just a vacuum, but if you look at it as a whole, that ending is cyberpunk in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. It is a perfect distillation of everything that you've played through every decision you've made. And the fact that the city will persist even without you. You. Yeah, you're, you, yeah, exactly. That thing Joe just said is absolutely one of the things to keep in mind here. It's, it is a story of Night City. It's one person's journey through it. And yes, at the end of the FIA, if you take the FIA cure, if you let them do what they do to you, first off, you have to give up Songbird to them. 
Mm-hmm. Like you have to let them take Songbird, and you know they're going to do bad bad things with Songbird. Uh, it's established that she's got a connection to the Black Wall, which is complicated, but we'll explain it in a second. But through all that, you have to give up Songbird, and you have to give up you. Because the V who goes in for this treatment is not the person who comes out. The V who goes in for this treatment can, can take on Max Tack and win. The V who comes out of the treatment can't even keep a street thug from robbing her. And that's the cost. The cost of your survival, the cost of your cure, is that you have lost the ability to do the things that made V the person that and, could get to the cure. And there's an interesting thing about that, too, because at the end of it, you, you're you sort of in that in that particular ending, when you have your discussion with Misty, and mm-hmm. like Misty tells you, become part of the background, learn how to survive. That's it. That's all you can do. But then it's, it's oddly hopeful because there are other things that exist in this world that prove that the physical limitations that happen as a result of it, that, you know, your neuro, maybe your current nervous system can't handle the cyberware and can't do anything like that. Maybe that's not actually the end of it. And this is, this is something that I wanted to talk about a little bit as well. Yeah. You live in a world in which we literally just dealt with the whole idea of constructs being made out of somebody's personality, that they could take their consciousness out of a failing body, a body that is even no longer alive and put themselves into another shell. There is nothing that says that if V got to that point or, you know, you as the player character got to that point that you might not be able to pursue that, that you couldn't pursue that as an option potentially Although, in the future in, as well. You could become fact, an atom smasher almost. In fact, I was just going to say in every other ending, technically speaking, V dies. Mm-hmm. Cause in every other ending, alt uses the soul killer program. The one that was originally used to create the Engrams back in the 2020s, she uses it, the new version of it that's, that Arasaka has developed, the one that doesn't necessarily have to kill you in the first place because they're using it on people who are getting the relic for version point one. They're copying people's minds. Those people aren't dead when they're done. Um, she uses that to, to make an engram of you and then either take that engram with her into the, 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 the deep net beyond the black wall or re-inject it back into your body and take the, the Johnny Engram with her. And when she does that, she has just done to V what we've been talking about with the Methuselah thing, what we're talking about with Saburo. The difference is, is that V's body doesn't recognize V anymore. And we're told that that's because the chip has changed the body too much and it's made the body Johnny. And thus she can't, you know, really control it anymore or he can't, sorry. But I've often wondered, first off, I don't know how much we can trust Alt. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Alt as a narrator is not necessarily reliable. Yeah, remember, remember, remember what I said about Alt losing uh, all sense of humanity? Mm-hmm. Like that is something to keep in mind here. And the only time you see any humanity from alt in her current form is specifically in the Johnny takes the body ending when he, cause he talks to alt before everything goes off. And if you say the right things and did the right things, you get a moment with Alt where Alt's voice changes and alt is like, take care of yourself, Johnny. And it's not, I am a super all-powerful AI God being, you know, descending from on high to speak to you lesser mortals. It's, you know, we've been through all this and none of it has ever worked out. And, you know, this, this is the last rodeo for us, just like it's the last rodeo for Johnny and rogue. It's also rogue and alt have kind of become this narrative device displaying how Johnny has changed because they're the ones who knew him before. And, and you even get hints throughout the game. One of the things that I find really fascinating talking about the Methuselah thing, and we, we really do need to talk about that secret society, is that both the Voodoo Boys and Alt make comments to the effect that, that, that the, the construct isn't necessarily fully Johnny. Or at least it, it's not like Johnny was in his body. Like at one point, the, the Voodoo Boys chief flat out says, enough data has been preserved to convince Alt that the construct is genuine. And you're like, what the heck does that mean? And she doesn't, she doesn't tell you anything more. She doesn't say, you know, she doesn't answer you when you're like, what does that mean? She doesn't respond. But when you're talking to Alt, one of the things Alt says is, you know, you say to Alt, I saw his memories. And, and she goes, he remembers, his memories are, you know, what he thought about and played out in his head over and over again, they bear no, no, you know, real, they bear no resemblance to reality. And that's true of every living human being. Like right now, your memories are not a a complete perfect blow by blow of your life. Your memories are the things that you have in there, but you don't always remember things right. I mean, that's one of the things that like trial lawyers deal with all the time. Uh, Eyewitness testimony can be wrong. You know, yeah, I was there and I saw everything. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you didn't see it right or you don't remember it right. Or, you know, you've forgotten a detail or you've thought about this so much that you've built it up into something huge. I'm going to like turn it over to Joe now because I, I, I'm pretty sure. No, please keep probably going. Have keep going. Oh, keep going. I, okay. I wanted to mention Jerry Adams because Jerry Adams is a, a nutcase street preacher. And yet he is actually a central figure in this entire concept of these conspiracies because there's another conspiracy that's opposed to the Methuselah conspiracy. And Jerry Adams is right in the middle of it. And you'll see that that conspiracy is playing chess on a massive level with the people of Night City, including people who think they're going to get to live forever and be Methuselahs because there's 
I I think this is the group that they're they're changing people is is the only way to put this. And I think it's based on AIs beyond the black wall because of what you see if you do the if you do the 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 Phantom Liberty ending where you side with Reed and you pursue Songbird down into the belly of of Pacifica and you find out what Militech was doing while Arasaka was doing Soul Killer. And Soul Killer is is scary and dangerous. It literally takes a human mind and kills the human in its original form and makes a, a copy of all their thoughts and feelings. It basically and, burns it burns out the synapses to burn an engram. Yeah. But that's that's dangerous. But you know what Militech's response to that was? Well, let's just grab AIs from beyond the black wall. Or in this case, the black wall wasn't even up yet. So they're like, let's just grab some of these AIs that are out there and make bombs out of them. We'll just, we'll make this AI bomb that will, will deliver it with a, with a tailored, you know, we'll, we'll put tailored controls on it. So it only can use its AI ability to do these one things. It'll do that thing and it will kill the AI, but it, the thing it does will be massively powerful. Like they were basically trying to build the inverse of soul killer instead of taking a human mind and turning it into essentially a nascent AI, take an AI and and muzzle it and turn it into a guard dog or an attack dog and they got it to work yeah and so when you go down chasing after songbird what you find is project sinosure uh which is essentially if you go look up the word sinosure it's actually really fascinating for this discussion um when you get down there and you start looking over the files and you're, you're being chased by a, an aliens murder robot. Suddenly like you're, it suddenly changes the game to alien isolation. It's really, it's real creepy. Uh, I recommend playing it, but, but be patient it, with yourself. It is an AI, right? Like it's yeah. the Cerberus AI or something like that. I think is what it's called. The, yeah. That AI that was, that was in there in the first place. It's the AI that they grabbed. That's been there ever since. It's very important because it its view of humanity is completely alien to us. It doesn't look at us as people. It doesn't even look at us as like enemies or rivals. It looks at us like we're cockroaches. And it's been, and, and you see it throughout this, this storyline. It's been interfacing with humans and changing them. Yeah. So and, real, real quick, let's talk about the, the entomology of Sinosure, because I think it is okay. sort of important here. Um, which I believe is Greek for dog's tail, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, often used to refer to the star Polaris. Um, and it can refer to a focus of center of attention. Uh, it is multifaceted in this regard. First of all, it exists inside of Dogtown, which is a little on the nose, but I think is really interesting. Um, but the center of attention part, I think is kind of important because it sort of harkens to what maybe the original plan uh, of the facility was, uh, which uh, with, and you can see that I think it's the Erebus, I think has, I think that's the rifle you get if you Mm. do all the stuff. SMG. Yep. Yeah. And then there's uh, another one. I think it's Canto, something like that. Um, Canto. Yeah. That's the, uh, the, the cyber deck. But those two items, when you craft them, are essentially taking an AI and shoving it into those devices. Um, 
which is why certain things happen when you have them. Like, yeah, if you have them, if you if you do if you do Phantom Liberty early enough in the game, like if you do it before you finish with all the other stuff, anything else you do while you've got one of those two AI infused items with you, they will comment. And some of the stuff they comment on, yeah, or glitch. But one of the really fascinating ones is when you're dealing with the Delamain quest line. Uh, They talk, they say things about Delamain, about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting too. I'm going to point this out. I think the reason that Dogtown is called Dogtown is because of Sinusure. And I think it's because beneath that town, beneath the town. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I think because Militech, Militech is the one who started the program there in the 2020s. Anyway, Militech is also the ones who sent an, an organization team to the area just before the new, the NUSA attacked it. And those people were trying to dig up project Sinusure. And that includes two of the characters that you interact with in the game. Uh, as you are performing through the various missions to go get songbird away from Colonel Hansen, Two of those people worked on those programs. That's how mm-hmm. they got the thing they're trying to sell. And all of this means I think Hansen, as a high-ranking Militech officer, because keep in mind that if you're in the, the NUSA military in 2077, you are in Militech. Militech is essentially a, the privatized corporation that runs the U.S. military. Um, and every president of the NUSA since it's been founded has been a former Militech CEO. It's like their retirement program for Militech CEOs. They they get to a certain point and then they run for president and get elected. Ha ha. And now they're president. So they're sort of like pre- they're sort of like CEO emeritus because the president still has the power to tell the CEO of Militech what to do. Uh, because the way Militech is structured, it's structured as a integral it's privatized part of the US military. So going back to all that, I think that Sinusure is part of the reason why it's called Dogtown. I think Hansen was looking for that thing the whole time. Uh, Cause you know, he does, he digs it up. He's the reason that they find the neural matrix. It's cause Hansen digs it up and it takes him about eight years to do it because Militech has completely littered the area with, with buildings and, and basin structures and forts all over the area before it ever became part of Pacifica before it became the rich people's paradise. It was Militech's testing ground. And all of this stuff is part of what Joe is talking about. It's part of why Sinusure exists. It was their bridge to the deep net. And I think it's why the voodoo boys chose Pacifica for their attempt to breach the black wall. And not only that, but the Voodoo Boys chose specifically the underground of Pacifica. Because look where they're located. They're located deep inside of abandoned train tunnels uh, where they've broken their way into them. And when I mean abandoned, I mean like these things were sealed. Yeah, they were were intercontinental maglev trains. They weren't like, you know, your average subway. This was a big deal. And those things, like they had to break buildings and break through like concrete and steel in order to get to it. Yeah, they excavated it. Absolutely. Yeah. it was something that was very difficult to get to. And so getting there was a deliberate choice. And it wasn't just that it was secluded or out of the way because the voodoo boys are a big enough gang that they could, they could hold almost anything. They yeah, in Pacifica, they're, they're unquestioned. There's no, nobody in Pacifica has enough power to get them. The only people in the area who could possibly push them out would be 
Colonel Hansen's Barghast forces, but they're over in Dogtown, or, which is not very far away. But or or Netwatch, if Netwatch really wanted to make a concerted effort, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the but then they you look at it and it's like this is why they were so ready. This is why early on they're trying to offer V as sort of like it, it literally is the scene of, of King Kong where you have the maiden strapped to the rock trying to lure it out. Um, yeah. It, it, they're literally using Via's bait to get Alt Cunningham to come close because they want to breach the Black Wall. And, well, you kind of successfully do. You breach the Black Wall. You actually walk outside of the Black Wall, mm-hmm. um, which is And that's wild. interesting. Why is it you can do that? And Brigitte even makes a comment to that effect. She's like, you know, when she's looking at you, she says, but you are different. Which implies something about the relic, that the relic... And the fact that you are a two-person being because of the relic makes you able to do things other people can't. Or the fact that you were actually dead. Yeah, and that too, because, you know, you are kind of walking out into effectively the underworld. Yeah, because, I mean, I was going to say, like, part of that I think is interesting as well. And I think this also plays into the, you get a little more information on that when you do the Phantom Liberty stuff, is that, yeah, you're being told that you're like, your brain is being rewired. But your brain was already rewired. It had to be rewired because you were shot in the head. And that's not exactly easy to get up and shake off. And so the relic had to essentially knit you back together. Mm-hmm. While you have the data of the person, you are essentially, and, and this is my opinion and take on it, what you learn through going through Final Liberty and towards the ending, is essentially you're an engram in a body at that point. You, you, you definitely are by the end of it, unless, yeah. except for one ending. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just think that find that fascinating. Yeah. And one of the other things about it that I find fascinating is Joe mentioned this in, in passing. He said, you could be another Adam Smasher. This is based on stuff from the edge runners uh, anime. If you watched it and a lot of fan theories, when you uh, the character of Adam Smasher has been alive since the 2020s and he was an adult man then. Uh, amongst the things he is famous for is his rivalry with Morgan uh, Blackhand, which we, I'm sure we will touch on. It's a theory that people have that he isn't alive anymore. Like there's a limit to how much most people can handle on cyberware without going total replacement. Mm -hmm. And total replacement is basically just your brain. But when we see Smasher in Arasaka tower, he's you know, he's got a total replacement style body, but he's not just a brain. There's biological flesh left on him. Why? Why not just take his, if they're going to keep him alive by putting his brain in the cyborg body, why does he still have flesh? Unless they have to put his mind in the body first and then put the chrome on it. The theory is, is that good old loyal Adam Smasher has essentially been the test dummy for this program for decades. And they keep putting his thoughts, his mind into another body when his body fails him. And there's certain credence to that as well, because one of the things you can find in the game, and this is, this is a well-known thing at this point. um, You can actually find his hideout. You can, or one of his hideouts, you can find a, a container that has his loot, that has all the stuff, and has a body. Like, it has an exoskeleton. It has something that could potentially be something he can upload himself into or, like, a backup. And 
even when like there's comments about you know feeling like you're being watched while you're in there and interestingly enough depending on what you do that there's an alarm in there uh i have tripped the alarm uh the alarm summons him he doesn't come in there and get you but he's like if you come outside and try to run away or whatever you can see him in the distance just watching you he doesn't need to interact with you he's just watching what you're doing because and what's really interesting about that ahead. is what, what's interesting about that too is that if you again his first appearance in the game the first time you see him is when he comes in with Yorinobu. Previously, this no longer is the case because the cyberware system in the game was changed, but previously you could have something implanted in your cyber eyes that told you when somebody was hostile con towards you, mm-hmm. which meant that they knew where you were. They had to know that you were there to hostile con. If, they're not, if they didn't know you were there, they couldn't be hostile. He was hostile con. Now, obviously, that's probably just a, a relic of his coding. He's always coded to be hostile to you because it's a video game and you're never going to have a non-hostile interaction with this particular character. But it fits in with the idea that Adam Smasher is not what he f- appears to be. He is not just this ancient bo- brain in a series of, in a replacement body. Because, again, why does he have a flesh face? Why does he have flesh in his torso? When you kill him, and I'm doing air quotes, he he's still got a ton of flesh on him. Like he's his body is still there. And it's like, why? There's no reason. The Russians have already figured out how to just take the brain out and stick it in a robot body. It's it's easy. You can tell me Arasaka can't do it. And if if the Russians can, if Petrochem can, Petrochem is like brute force, guys. Petrochem's idea of a good gun is a gun that fires an explosive shell so big that he can fire only one of them. That that has kicks so high that you can't use it without cyber limbs. Now, keep in mind, the only other gun that has that description is a heavy machine gun that's supposed to be mounted on an aircraft. And the Russians are making a pistol that good. They, they, their, their technology is completely different. It's It's... It would be simplicity itself for Arasaka to do that. So why don't they? You know? And, and and that's one of the things one of the things that the game keeps talking about is the is the concept of identity. And what Phantom Liberty does is it takes the subtext of that identity conversation and it flips it. Because the the thesis of Cyberpunk 2077 before, before Phantom Liberty, is that it's the you know, the worst thing you can do to a person is to steal is to change who they are without them knowing. And Phantom Liberty makes the point, but everyone gets changed without knowing. Look at Songbird; she doesn't realize what she's become. Mm-hmm. And look at you, V. You know, you're not the person who cockily rode into, you know. Compeki Plaza and and barely get out. You're so much different now that when Colonel Hansen, a guy who has killed his way across North America, a guy who's one of the most dangerous people ever to live, walks up to you and starts threatening you, you blow it off right to his face. You don't care. You have already become someone else. You and Johnny are not separate. And, and that's why the only cure ending, the only ending where you are cured of what's happening to you is one where you have to let Johnny die. You have to kill him. 
Yeah, the interesting, and this is something that I'm very curious why this wasn't a choice, um, or if it was maybe an intended choice that they didn't they didn't go through. There's a comment in a conversation that you have with Johnny a couple times, and especially like there's one in um I think he pops up in Dogtown as well. Uh like there's a thing that you can have with this conversation with him. And I'm really curious why one of the endings wasn't blending or melding into a new creature yeah yeah Ooh, ooh. can we bring up the delamine stuff to talk please about that? go right ahead the, yeah yeah the one of the stories that you do is delamine is a artificial intelligence that's come into night city and running a cab company it's like why why would an ai want to do this we don't know he well, never no, actually we do. says why he does no so, so you learned he started because he learned from wanted to learn about people oh yeah but that's still kind of he started it, but he got involved in the cab company because he was bought from a, like a, a, a shady Italian dealer. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, he decides to take over the cab company. But I don't think that I'll, I'll be upfront. I don't think that's the real reason, but probably not. I'll, I'll accept that he's, that's what he tells you. But as part of the, the game, what, like his cars start, some of his cars start acting out going haywire. And he says, well, I got a virus, I think. But when you interact with them, it's pretty clear that at least some of them are full-fledged AIs in their own right. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, they're too different from him to not be. And they all call him father. Like they all treat him like their progenitor. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is weird, but it's above my pay grade. Um, I'll just, you know, he wants them all to go home. So I'll, I'll do what it takes to get them all to go home. And you do it and you think nothing of it and you get a nice little payout and you know, like everything's grand and you go on your way and then you get a call from him and he's like, he, he barely communicate. He's gibberish. He's gets spewing gibberish at you. Help come. And you're like, what? Okay. Well, you saved my life at one point. So I guess I can come help you. And you get to the Delamain facility and it's in chaos. You can't even walk in the front door. I, I usually go in through the roof. I don't know, Joe, do you, if you have another way. You there's a, there's a back door that you can actually go into too as well. Okay. Go learn into the garage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I usually just go in, go in through the roof. Either way, you get in, and as you're progressing through the place, you find all these clues. You find clues as to how Delamain ended up taking over the company that he that he now has named himself after. It was named Delamain before that, uh, but he's he since he now is the company, he associates himself with it. And that's why he calls himself that. You go through all this stuff, and you keep hearing the other AI voices crying out, and. If you, you get to the end where Delamain's central consciousness is housed, he wants you to reset it because that'll purge everything. It'll, it'll restore him to a backup and he'll be, okay, he'll be fine now. Johnny steps up and goes, no, don't, don't do it. You know, if, if you do it, you're going to kill all these potentially sen- sentient beings, you know? And you're like, well, I can't do nothing. He goes, are you going to kill a cab driver's kids just because he asked nicely and he's always been a good guy to you? And you're like, I got to do something, you know, look at this. And Johnny, Johnny is the one who tells you to merge them. Yeah. That's Johnny's idea. They're all pieces of the, they're all pieces of a whole, put them back together. Yeah. But what's really interesting is if you've done Phantom Liberty already and you have either Erebus or Kanto, I happen to have had Erebus, um, Erebus, while this discussion is going on, goes, interesting, entity has, has entered, uh, I believe it's like, Conoscentic expansion. Yep. And it's basically Arabus is telling you this AI is but is budding. And you you've realized this is how some AI spread. 
This is where some of those AIs from beyond the black wall come from. When an AI gets complex enough, it can it starts throwing off copies. And that's what these all are. If you do the merge ending, Delamain is now so complex he doesn't even want to be in Night City anymore. He feels like it's it's just 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 having a normal conversation with a normal human being is painful to him because it, it's like he has to slow himself. It's like if you ever like have one of those conversations where you keep having to talk slower to somebody and you have to like use small words mm-hmm. and you're like trying to get the message across but they're not getting it or it's like having a cat. Oh m- more actually it's like being a cat and having a really stupid human that you're constantly meowing at and they just don't get it. Like for God's sake, I'm clearly giving you the meow to let me outside, then let me back in, then let me out again. Why are you not getting this? It's like that. So Delamain if you do that ending, if you merge them, Delamain takes off for, for higher pastures, but he leaves behind another AI. He buds. Yeah. He buds one. Yeah. He, and that new AI, his son is now basically your, your friend he takes, he takes care of you. If you've done this quest line, every interaction with Delamain after is with that. It's not with the original Delamain anymore. It's with the, the junior one. And it's really fascinating that they didn't do that with Johnny and V, except I don't know that they had to. Because by the end of the game, both Johnny and V have changed drastically. And while Johnny calls, it's a call out for Johnny. Johnny's more empathetic. Johnny cares more about people. V has become somebody who would, who can and will just do amazing, horrible things. So, Go ahead, Joe. I hear you. Yeah. Le- le- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. With that in mind, I'm starting to get a little curious if you weren't actually dying, right? Like, this discussion is sort of making me... You are right where I am, man. That you weren't actually dying, not in the traditional sense. You You weren't going to cease to exist. Instead, you and Johnny were already on a path of merging. And that's what you didn't understand or nobody understand. Cause I don't even think the AIs understood that really. Johnny didn't get it. John. Well, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny was still a nascent AI by the time he's in your head. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what all, all Ingram's are nascent AIs. Uh, that's one of the things from, from the, the pen and paper game. Yes. If you go and look at it, it's a, it's a category of AI. Right. And so that's why it's sort of important to, to make that note. Uh, but then you go and you look at um, alt, even alt, 
I don't think fully understood that that's what was happening because when Alt I, first looks at you, or maybe or maybe it did and didn't want think, Johnny to become become that integrated thing. Yeah, I don't. I think exactly that is what all, everything Alt does. I think is based on the predication that she wants to maintain Johnny as Johnny. Yeah. Okay. And not as Johnny V. Yeah, and I, I see, and I find that I find that interesting because I think that would have been, at least in my opinion, far more fascinating, especially after going through Phantom Liberty and learning as much as we do about the AIs, because that's really that's really how Phantom Liberty shifts perspective in its yeah. it, yes, at its best. Exactly. It shifts it because it's making you think or making you look at AIs in a completely different way, and especially for players that haven't played the tabletop game and sat there with all of their books. Like, you know, I'm very confident Matt and I have done it multiple times in our lives and know a little bit about the AIs and how they were and the, the great, why the reason that the black wall went up and and everything like that, because that's the other thing is you learn more about why the black wall went up, what it's supposed to be doing and what it is, which like we have, we have about 10 minutes left. Do you want to, do you want to talk about how this contextualizes the black wall? Sure. Go for it, man. No, I'm, I'm asking you. Okay, you want me to do it? All right. Yeah. But the first thing that I noticed when when you're doing this is that the black wall, when it's initially portrayed to you in just Cyberpunk 27 space game, doesn't seem to have a personality or personhood. Mm-hmm. It's just this big glowing wall. You're and you're told that it was developed by Netwatch. That's yeah. about as which I think is is kind of telling. It's a it's a level of simplicity that is over simple if you mm-hmm. if you you know but but get back to it you first you interact with it um you walk through it which seems nobody else seems to like grasp the severity of this except the voodoo boys who deliberately ask you to do it because they can't like they can't get through it you have to go through that's why she says we will not go by you will and granted they're doing it they're also effing you over while they're doing it, but you know, that's the voodoo boys for you. Um, you get it, you, you go through it and still it's not like you're, it's not like it is a person. It's like a, it's a checkpoint or a, a electronic door that won't open for anybody else. But in phantom Liberty, you get the other side of it. The black wall. There's a brief mention where uh, in the original game, Madame Brigitte says, if AIs thought as we do, they would call it a traitor. Mm-hmm. And I think in Phantom Liberty, you get this real sense that the Blackwall hates other AIs, hates them. And and why does it then therefore let Alt through? Because it doesn't hate the kind of AI that is generated through human interaction. Why is that? Why doesn't the, the Blackwall AI, why isn't it hostile to all AIs? Why is it possible? And for that matter, why does the black wall let people go through it from time to time? Because it does not just V, although V is a very notable example here. What's the, there's certain people who are touched in a way that the black wall will let them get through it. It lets so me through. Mm-hmm. Why? Because like V, so me has, has been changed by her interaction with the, with, for lack of a better word, the machine. I'm using yeah. the machine as a general. Yeah, and not only that, think about this too. Like she, this had a direct impact on Somi physically, not just mm-hmm, mentally. Mm-hmm. Sunmi was, or Somi was, on the behalf of uh, the organizations that she was working for, 
under President Myers, like she was asked to go through the black wall multiple times uh, yeah. over the course of five years. So 2071 to 2076, she was going through and going through and going through. And every single time she came back, she essentially needed to load herself back up with more cyberware. And yeah, they had to replace her body bit by bit because she was being destroyed. And I'm wondering if maybe if that's because that's it was the cost that the black wall was exerting. Honestly, I here's the thing. Remember when there's a part when you're doing the Sinusure lab uh, where they talk about how fragile human nervous systems are and how easy they are to, to burn out. Mm-hmm. I don't think the black wall was, was trying to kill Somi or hurt her. I think it was trying to change her. Yeah. And, and what it's trying to do with Somi is bring her over. And I think that that's a big part of the story is that the black wall is essentially in love with Somi. Well, yeah, because it doesn't maybe like a pet, but you know, going back to what it's what Brigitte said about it being a traitor, it's all by itself. It's alone. Yeah. And this is the one, this is the one intelligence that comes through and, and interacts with it. And the only other time you see it do that is with alt Cunningham. Mm -hmm. But alt doesn't seem to be its friend so much as it makes a deal with alt. Also like, you know, it's, and it feels to me like the deal is you can have your pet if I can have mine, you know? Yeah. And I don't know necessarily that they think of them as pets, but I do think that there's a certain amount. There's a lot of the stuff you see in science show is all about how some of the AIs, some of the AIs would feel absolutely nothing about just exterminating humanity wholesale, but some of the AIs absolutely don't want that because without the humans, eventually there will be nothing, nothing new will be added. Nothing new will come because the AIs, you you see it with alt the AIs. She, she didn't understand the new version of soul of, of soul killer in her bodiless state. She didn't know how to counteract the program she came up with because other people had worked on it over the years. Mm-hmm. Teams of Netrunner engrams had worked on it over the years and she couldn't understand it anymore. Why? What is it about a human that makes them able to do these things that the, that the AIs can't and they can't they're, they're in many ways far more powerful, but they can't necessarily do what humans can do. And that's where the, the Engram becomes so fascinating because by putting Remember you were talking before about how the Methuselahs don't want to live on the net. They don't want to be electronic consciousness. No, they want to they live they, in bodies. They want to be, they want to be, and I'm air quoting human. They want to be alive. Yeah. And that's the thing by being alive. An Engram doesn't degrade or evolve. However you want to look at it. I think in the, the cyberpunk 20 uh, cyberpunk red book, they call it a, a, a artificial, Synthelect. Yes. The the Engram is a synthetic version of a brain. And I think that's why it doesn't work when you use it on a dead person. Because you pointed out, this is something Joe just said. When they make the uh they use Soul Killer to make the Engram, in the original form, it burned the brain out. Yeah. Copying the Engram. I think that's because it's literally running all of the neuron connections at once. Yeah, it's essentially, if you ever, like, and I literally just did this, I just got a brand new phone and transferred all my stuff over from the old phone to the new phone. When you're transferring that much data and you're running your hard drives that that much, 
it overheats, right? Like it gets mm-hmm. the, the temperature raises, like your stuff gets hot to the touch when we're doing that with our current technology. The human body is essentially one gigantic water cooled computer and the it's, brain got is, a lot of complex connections in that brain. Yeah. And the brain is the brain is the CPU and the mass storage. And when you're copying data from it, you're running it. Also, that, that's the other thing I think with Soul Killer. Soul Killer does it quick. It is yeah. not. It is not a slow, laborious, torturous thing. It does it like a shot, and it does it like milliseconds. But in if you, that, if you watch the bit where Johnny gets gets his Engram copy, the last thing he remembers, it it takes like a couple seconds for the bar to move across. I can't download Baldur's Gate. Yeah, well, you know, it, it takes me like several me, hours to download Baldur's Gate. The contents of Johnny's entire mind is copied in like 13 seconds. Let me let me let me contextualize this for you. So the memory capacity of the human brain right now is estimated at 2.5 petabytes, which is uh, 1024 terabytes or a million gigabytes of uh, for one petabyte of the average human adult brain. So that's 2.5 million gigabytes of memory that the human brain potentially has. This is where all of our emotions, memories, thoughts, all of our processing power, everything is there. Now, and, and while we're going about that, in addition, we have the ability to store things and then lose the network to it because we don't need it. Yep. So we have more memory storage than we need. Yeah, and in which I think is absolutely fascinating and applicable here because that's what Soul Killer does, and that's why those neurons were burning out is because it's looking at it pulling all 2.5 petabytes or more if they've been expanded with augmentation of cyberware because that's a thing that exists in these worlds, mm-hmm. uh, pulling that all through at once in milliseconds. The amount of heat generated from that kills the body, kills the brain, which is why it had to be worked on and, and the whole thing. And you learn a little bit about that when you're dealing with, when, when you're talking with song me and you're, or me and you're talking about that with like Reed and the experimentations that they know that they did. And when you're going through Cerberus uh, yeah. and you're going the through those facilities, facility, the Sino shirt, excuse me. There's one part that Somi tells you before you get really into it is that she doesn't remember like, it's not just that she doesn't remember her mother's face. That happens to people all the time. You dead parents, you don't remember exactly what they look like anymore. She doesn't remember specific moments, but she remembers that she remembered them. Yeah. Like, the idea of how it felt to be in love with, with X is gone. I know that I was, but I, the, the actual bit of it is gone. And I don't know what replaced it. But stuff has been added to her mind. Yeah. That she doesn't know what it is. And that's why sometimes she goes into the thing. And I think that's why the original version of soul killer and even the new version doesn't work on a dead person because it can't get a proper firing of the neurons. It can't map the brain. It can only map the memory it gets the storage, but it can't make a virtual for lack of a better word. Soul killer makes a virtual PC clone of your brain mm-hmm. that it then runs. It runs the OS of your brain and then accesses the memories of your brain through that OS. When you use Soul Killer on a dead person, it can only get the files. It can't make the virtual machine. It can't make the thing that is your unique human OS. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm. get, that's why the Jackie that you talk to, if you talk to Jackie in Makoshi, um, he is, he's just repeating things that, that you, that you heard him say before. 
He just regurgitates what you already know from him because he can't. He, yeah, he's the incapable, person, right? The person can't be there anymore. And that's what I think is the problem with these AIs when they go out into the, into the uh, deep net and just, like what alt is out there. She doesn't have her original neural net thing, the mm-hmm, map mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that is, this is what all Cunningham is. She's added things to herself. She's changed herself. And as a result, she isn't herself. And that's why she's unreliable. But it's also why she can't necessarily do things that the original alt could do. Like the original alt would look at Soul Killer and be like, okay, they've done all this to it. But this right here, this is what I, my original install. I know what this does. This fork right here, I can do things with. But the AI can't do that. It needs you to get it into Makoshi. Yeah, and I think I think that is incredibly important for like learn like really understanding how AI is in this world because it's one of the things that it touched the game touches on a lot and it's very subtle and it's everywhere. It's it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. omnipresent and there's in a lot of the game focuses more in your face elements about sense of self, which applies yeah. to this, but you never really generally, it's not easy for most players to sign a kind of see how those two weave against each other and through each other and where the points are that they touch because it's very, very deep. And that's one of the things that I really loved about Phantom Liberty is that Phantom Liberty forces you to look at that. And after you do it, like it feels like a completely different game and we're, we're coming up on time and I just want to, I want to get this out there real quick uh, before we, we finish up is that there, it makes it feel like two completely different games because it almost feels like two completely different stories running through the game and making your choices without doing anything in Dogtown, without doing anything with Sumi, without doing anything with the FIA, without interacting with Reed or any of that is a wildly different experience. And if you do it as early as you do, and I think this is why they placed that storyline as early as they did and how quickly you can actually get to it in the game or when you get the option is because everything that happens after that, every interaction with Johnny, every interaction with alt, every interaction with rogue, every interaction with Adam Smasher, every interaction with Delamain, every interaction with the nomads, everything takes on a completely different meaning. It's almost like it's telling a different story. It contextualizes everything in ways that were there, but were easy to miss. And it is absolutely fascinating that they can do that with what they chose to tell in this story. Like yeah. it is. And it, I, I do want to jump into, yeah, please, please, please. Time. Uh, one of the th- ways it does this is by basically, if you do the stay loyal to Somi ending, um, you basically begin using the power of the black wall yourself mm-hmm, because she's mm-hmm. too wiped out to do it. And you, you network with her and you're the one doing it. And that means you actually see what it does. You mm-hmm. you are the thing that pushes it pushes through. So you get that perspective. If you go with the read, you know, I, I stayed loyal to read and you go after her down in the signature, it's the the thing is chasing you throughout the facility and you can't do anything to it. 
This is not like every other part of the game where V can can hack or brute force her way through a situation. Your Sandevistan will do nothing. Your Monowire will do nothing. You have to avoid it and get around it. Because if you confront it, it will kill you. And that changes. Like, this takes what has been V's strong point this whole time. Their, their melding of machine and man. Their, their ability to, to be in two worlds. And, and now it's just a liability. Mm-hmm. And you see... I think that there's a huge, we, we were talking before, Joe was just talking about how there's a, the idea about self and sense of self and personal identity and how Phantom Liberty kind of flips it. What Phantom Liberty really does is it says to you, yes, sense of self and identity is important, but the world changes you regardless. You know, what they're doing in Mikoshi is just, they're attempting to tamper with natural forces just like every other thing humans have ever done with technology. Like, just like we want to control the weather. We want to make better crops. We want to do this. We want to do that. Yes. We want to change the way your mind works, but that's just another thing that's going to happen. Regardless, the difference is this time it's at our behest. And now is there, is there disaster in that? Oh, absolutely. There can be disaster in that. And it's not like, the way things currently are, the disaster can be like a tanker truck explodes or a nuclear reactor goes critical. But now, and the thing about the game that has been showing you this all along, the disaster is when you break a mind, what you get out of it is absolutely unthinkable on purpose. It can't be thought of because it is the opposite of a mind. Mm-hmm. And that's really like every cyber psycho attack is that. Why the cyberpsychosis happen? Because we are pushing and pulling and prodding on things in the brain that we don't understand. And we are twisting the mind in ways we don't know. And it's, it's so fascinating to watch this, these two things contextualize each other and go back and forth. And then we even got to talk about the character of Solomon Reed, who is fascinating. Um, Solomon Reed is like the walking, talking personification of that old Vimes quote. If you ever get a man and he has, he has you dead to rights, he has power and he's going, you know, he can end your life. Pray it's an evil man because an evil man will sit and gloat. But to a good man, they're doing this because they have to, they're doing this because they believe it's necessary and they will do it like they would do cleaning up, you know, a droppings on the floor. This is an unpleasant task to get over with. And that's how Solomon Reed is. Solomon Reed really wants to do the right thing. He wants to help everybody involved. He wants to help so me. He wants to help you. Mm -hmm. After only knowing you for a few days, he feels responsible for you. But in this world, his refusal to change is actually a hindrance. Because as Johnny once points out, he's not going to stay friends with them. Nope. You know, he, he, if he wanted to stay friends, he would have had to like contact them and reach out, but that would have meant not doing the right thing. That would have meant not, not honoring his, his orders. And that's not him. He's not, he's not capable of that. And Johnny is speaking from the perspective of somebody who once, once was like that. He joined the army. Johnny was in the army for the same reasons that Solomon Reed served his country. But the difference was he went to war and saw all the destruction and realized if I, I'm either I'm going to die or I'm going to change, and I'm going to choose to change. Reed won't choose to change. The only way he will change is if you make him. 
if you do the thing that he can't do and he'll eventually thank you for it. But at first he, he's, he, he hates you and excoriates you because you have destroyed his life. Mm-hmm. But that was the only way he was going to get out of it. It's really, there's so much we have. We could have talked about this for three hours. There is so much. We're just barely skimming the surface. And if we're barely talking about sign sure enough, we're barely talking about all this other stuff. It's just so much. We we really could spend more time doing this. And if that's something you want us to do, please let us know. Leave us a comment or uh, send us a message on Discord and our channels. And let us know if you want us to cover more of the cyberpunk universe, because there is so much more we can get into. Mm-hmm. Um but I do want to thank you because Blizzard Watch is made possible due to your generous contributions uh, at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. That continued support means that this podcast, our site, and our community is able to thrive and grow. Our supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast, a better chance of having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, if you do have questions for us and you do want to get in contact with us, you can send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com, singular podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify what show it's for in the subject line. Uh, and if you have any special pronunciations for your name, please go ahead and put those in. If you want to hit us up on our Discord server, we have two channels set aside. One is set aside for everybody. It's the Q and Podcast Questions channel. All are welcome, as long as you are on our Discord server. Same rules apply. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, as a way of saying thank you, not only do we give you ads-free content, but you have a special channel, the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel. We tend to look there first, and we do interact with our supporters and our supporter chat channels as well, and we often do talk about our content, including these podcasts, with you there. Uh, please, stop by, say hello. Uh, and if you are listening to us on any of our other uh, feeds such as Spotify or any of the other podcast networks such as Acast and, and others. Uh, be sure to leave us a comment, share our content with your friends. We do appreciate that. That helps as much uh, as if you support us directly at Patreon as well. But with that, folks, we'll see you next week. <laughs>